Chapter Three of Religions of Ancient China by Herbert Giles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Three, Taoism. Meanwhile, other influences had been helping to divert the attention of the Chinese people from the simple worship of God and of the powers of nature. The philosophy associated with the name of Lao Tzu, who lived nobody knows when, probably about B.C. 600 which is popularly known as Taoism, from Tao, the omnipresent, omnipotent, and unthinkable principle on which it is based, operated with Confucianism, though in an opposite direction, in disliminating the old faith while putting nothing satisfactory in its place. Confucianism, with its shadowy, monotheistic background, was at any rate a practical system for everyday use, and it may be said to contain all the great ethical truths to be found in the teachings of Christ. Lao Tzu harped upon a doctrine of inaction by virtue of which all things were to be accomplished, a perpetual accommodation of self to one's surroundings with the minimum of effort, all progress being spontaneous and in the line of least resistance. Such a system was naturally far better fitted for the study where the fact of it has always remained than for use in ordinary life. In one of the few genuine utterances of Lao Tzu, which have survived the wreck of time, we find an allusion to a spiritual world. Unfortunately, it is impossible to exactly say what the passage means. According to Han Fei, died B.C. 233, who wrote several chapters to elucidate the sayings of Liao Tzu, the following is the correct interpretation. Govern a great nation as you would cook a small fish, i.e., do not overdo it. If the empire is governed according to Tao, evil spirits will not be worshipped as good ones. If evil spirits are not worshipped as good ones, good ones will do no injury. Neither will the sages injure the people. Each will not injure the other, and if neither injures the other, then there will be mutual profit. The latter portion is explained by another commentator as follows. Spirits do not hurt the natural. If people are natural, spirits have no means of manifesting themselves, and if spirits do not manifest themselves, we are not conscious of their existence as such. Likewise, if we are not conscious of the existence of spirits as such, we must be equally unconscious of the existence of inspired teachers as such, and to be unconscious of the existence of spirits and of inspired teachers is the very essence of Tao. In the hands of Liao Tzu's more immediate followers, Tao became the absolute, the first cause, and finally one in whose obliterating unity all seemingly opposed conditions of time and space were indistinguishably blended this one the source of human life was placed beyond the limits of our visible universe and in order for human life to return thither at death and to enjoy immortality it was only necessary to refine away corporeal grossness according to the doctrines of liao tzu Later on, this one came to be regarded as a fixed point of dazzling luminosity in remote ether around which circled for ever and ever, in the supremest glory of motion, the souls of those who had successfully passed through the ordeal of life and who had left the slough of humanity behind them. The final state is best described by a poet of the ninth century A.D. Like a whirling water-wheel, like rolling pearls, yet how are these worthy to be named? They are but illustrations for fools. There is the mighty axis of earth, the never-resting pole of heaven, 
let us grasp their clue and with them be blended in one beyond the bounds of thought circling forever in the great void an orbit of a thousand years yes this is the key to my theme this view naturally suggested the prolongation of earthly life by artificial means hence the search for an elixir carried on through many centuries by degenerate disciples of taoism but here we must pass on to consider some of the speculations on god life death and immortality indulged in by taoist philosophers and others who were not fettered as the confucianists were by traditional reticence on the subject of spirits and an unseen universe mo tzu a philosopher of the fourth and fifth centuries b c was arguing one day for the existence of spirits with a disbelieving opponent all you have to do he said is to go into any village and make inquiries from of old until now the people have constantly seen and heard spiritual beings how then can you say they do not exist if they had never seen nor heard them could people say they existed of course replied the disbeliever many people have seen and heard spirits but is there any instance of a properly verified appearance mo tzu then told a long story of how king Husuan, b c eight twenty seven to seven eighty one unjustly put to death a minister and how the latter had said to the king if there is no consciousness after death this matter will be at an end but if there is then within three years you will hear from me three years later at a grand dubar the minister descended from heaven on a white horse and shot the king dead before the eyes of all chuang tzu the famous philosopher of the third and fourth centuries b c and exponent of the tao of lao tzu has the following allusions to god of course as seen through taoist glasses god is a principle which exists by virtue of its own intrinsicality and operates spontaneously without self-manifestation he who knows what god is and what man is has attained knowing what god is he knows that he himself proceeded therefrom knowing what man is he rests in the knowledge of the known waiting for the knowledge of the unknown the ultimate end is god he is manifested in the laws of nature he is the hidden spring at the beginning of all things he was taoism however does not seem to have succeeded altogether any more than confucianism in altogether estranging the chinese people from their traditions of a god more or less personal whose power was the real determining factor in human events the great general siang yu b c two thirty three to two o two said to his charioteer at the battle which proved fatal to his fortunes i have fought no fewer than seventy fights and have gained dominion over the empire that i am now brought to this pass is because god has deserted me End of chapter three